0: Hello everybody and welcome to a podcast of biblical proportions The Sistine Chapel and Genesis The ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in Rome was painted by the Renaissance artist Michelangelo between 1508 and 1512 producing some of the most iconic and famous images in human history And the grandest of these images are scenes from the book of Genesis the same scenes that were written 2500 years ago by Baruch ben Neriah and his fellow scribes How did Michelangelo interpret Genesis and what are the stories behind his world famous creation? I have my friend Idan Ben Simon today to explore the world that produced the Sistine Chapel. Idan is currently working towards getting his MA in art history, but mostly he's an obsessive autodidact with a great passion for this topic. Let's dive in. Hi, Idan. Hello. So, we've been talking for a long time about
1: uh, this episode yeah you were mentioning uh, the book of genesis and we were talking about which art uh, goes with it uh, which is of course many there are many examples for it but the first thing that came to my mind which i also very very much I, my passion is uh, the sistine chapel vault the
0: ceiling of michelangelo the creation of man the Ooh. the story of genesis yes so the sistine chapel till today is like one of the you know biggest tourist draws in the world pinnacle of of uh, of art of
1: genius because um i don't think there's another example of such a huge work being created by basically one man uh presumably one man and um, which was also uh, he never considered himself a painter at all Mm.
0: i didn't know that until we talked you said he was foremost uh, first and foremost a sculptor he, he signed his letters,
1: Michelangelo, a sculpture in Rome. That's his. <laughs> Even when he was writing for his dad and his brothers back in, uh, in uh, Florence, Michelangelo, a sculpture. He hated painting. He devalued it. He, he devalued it. Even though he, his sketches are
0: magnificent, he's a draftsman. He knows the, the work. Okay, so what was his vision of these uh, uh, Genesis scenes on the ceiling? Trying
1: to create, uh, to paint the story of creation itself was not a very easy task or m- not even many examples in the history of art of right. that. Nobody drew God himself uh, so much. It's not a common theme. You, in, in the Middle Ages, if you wanted to depict God, you would draw a big hand from the sky. Uh, this is God. <laughs> okay. A big hand from the sky. Like one Python. <laughs> And um, there are some examples of God with a beard and, uh, you know, uh, creating Adam from the mud, raising him, like, or maybe helping, like, uh, helping him get up from the mud. This is uh, more close to the text, right? Okay. Uh, creating him from from the earth. And uh, maybe Masaccio had also a famous uh, Florentine artist. He had God himself painted. Okay. This is, of course, a very anti-Jewish idea to paint God.
0: Mm, right.
1: If you ask somebody today what do you think God is like he would probably imagine him a lot like Michelangelo mm. drew him maybe that's the that's something that you know we have in our subconscious right god is a, an old man with a beard yeah. everything about his image is powerful yeah. and uh, respectful yeah, and rigor. strong
0: yeah. he's a super a superhero yes. with his cape but <laughs> wise uh, of course okay. like the popular image today that billions of people have of what God looks like before we you know, really try to think about it, like the, ini- the, the initial pop culture image is basically that of, of the two fingers uh, almost touching uh, uh, God and Adam that he created. Uh, I think this is amazing. The creation itself, there is no example for that in art history. It, it's
1: not even uh, the story of the, the book of Genesis.
0: No. How do you see that, that scene? Michelangelo it, like, was uh,
1: creating his own iconology, and uh, fun fact: after it was all finished, some bishops were looking down to see the ceiling, looking up, looking, <laughs> looking up to see the ceiling, and they didn't know who is this old man with the beard. <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't so clear that uh, he created a new art, new language, iconology. There are nine Genesis scenes. Yes, until the last one is uh, uh, Noah's drunkness. Exactly. So this is a, f- a story of decline, Declan. of the, the, the fall of man, right? The fall of man. From Everything the, is perfect. Creation. Then you are expelled from heaven. Mm. The famous uh,
0: story. Yeah, it's very Christian, very Catholic.
1: From the first scene we see uh, when we enter, is God separating light and darkness. And when we exit, there is Noah's dr- drunkness. Okay. And then we are after the fall we are uh, entering the world after we saw the decline from perfection to what there is today ah, so you come out back the then it, world. yeah with the real um, yeah. hard difficult world yeah after we've been in the most magnificent place right. that michelangelo created for us wow. back then it was uh, the opposite you were entering okay. uh, uh, from the north scene and you were exiting from the creation why well, basically, uh, 20 years later, he drew the, uh, another wall, uh, the, the judgment uh, of Jesus, right? This was very traditional in Italian art to exit just before you see the last judgment. So uh, when you go back to the world, you know that somebody's going to judge you for good and bad. <laughs> and it's a it very bad. famous uh, convention. It's... Michelangelo came to the Sistine Chapel well-educated, he knew Latin, he was influenced by these ideas. Maybe some theories say that he was also influenced by scholars that knew Hebrew and uh, the Old Testament. This is what he chose to depict. When you think about it, there is no one Christian figure in the whole of the Sistine Chapel ceiling.
0: Mm. Okay. None.
1: None. No, just few pagans, uh, sibyls 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 yeah those are the the like prophets the female prophets you see on the on the side there on the of the vault and there is no one christian now of course you can explain it that it's a prefiguration of jesus everything in, in christianity is a prefiguration you know jonah the prophet uh, three days uh, spent three days in the whale uh, stomach and and uh, this is the three days that jesus uh, mm.
0: died and yeah came back came back to life so that's a big challenge. Painting the creation. This is not a movie. This is a painting. It's not a movie, but
1: uh, you can see a lot of movement. God is reaching out from this uh, womb-like shape mm. to reach for a man which has no power of himself. He barely raises his hand. Mm. And then this is the exact moment when God is giving him the power of life. Mm. But one you can ask yourself was was man already created because he's already there you know Michelangelo is, but this is this is uh, just uh, one of the difficulties in painting you have to you you, you cannot do animation of creation mm. so man is there lying after a big day in the gym because you see it's all <laughs> muscles <laughs> and he's lying and um, this is the moment when god is bringing him life in a sort of electricity kind of way it's like static electricity right. you know two fingers touching and uh, there's also another way to look at it a more uh secular way if you want when you look on the right side where god is mm. he's surrounded by this uh purple cape yeah and angels and eve mm-hmm. on his uh he's holding eve like yeah. uh you know <laughs> yes like owning in
0: the, like in the wwe uh like this uh, is my main squeeze
1: so uh, god is uh holding um uh, eve which is also to mean that she was already mm. in plan for, a, for uh, the first man, right? The old shape, if you look at it, it one doctor, I think it was in the n- s- late 70s, when he came to the Sistine Chapel, he told himself, okay, this is a brain, this is how a brain looks uh-huh, like.
0: The cape, right, you told me. And I looked you at it again, it looks like a brain.
1: Not only that, when you see the scarves going down, it's like uh, the stem of the brain, and it's all very anatomically correct. Mm. And then you think, maybe it's consciousness. That created man. Maybe it's the moment when man is, uh, you know, becoming aware. This is one way nice, to look at it. Nice. We also know that Michelangelo is an expert in um, anatomy. Anatomy. He was uh, dissecting bodies way back when he was. He <laughs> was supposed to. A teenager in uh Florence. Yeah, he got he got access to. Uh, Uh, bodies just before they are getting buried. And this is why you have such a huge, huge knowledge of every tiny muscles and what Mm. you do to your hand and how you sculpt it and how you paint it.
0: So before we get into all the details, I want to zoom out a little bit. And uh, can you paint us a picture? Paint us a picture (laughs) of what was going on in the Renaissance Italy, at the time,
1: the the concept is rebirth of uh, Neoplatonic ideas of uh, Roman influences that were, uh, of course, so big in Italy, and and uh, was supposedly
0: dormant for like a thousand years.
1: It wasn't really um, denied. Jesus himself was depicted as a Roman Caesar in many 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 ways in Byzantine art mm-hmm. and Gothic art. Mm-hmm. Most of the sites you see in Rome, uh, Christian today, used to be uh, shrines. Of, uh, pagan, uh, mm. culture, of mm. pagan culture, the Roman pagan culture, and it wasn't s- denied. You could still see, uh, you know, ba- Bacchus, the, the god of wine, and uh, you could see, see him depicted in, in paintings. Sometimes even mixed with uh, Jesus himself, Sar- sarcophags, etc., mm. etc. Et First of all, we talk about this, the the creme of the de la creme of society, right? The, um, <coughs> the elite. The common people weren't necessarily aware of anything going on. <laughs>
0: Is there anything new now? Just to say. No,
1: fighting the wars, uh, you know, go to church, go back. (laughs) Uh, So we have uh, cities which are um, like small states, right? Uh, Venezia, Venice, uh, uh, Florence, Rome is a papal state, the Vatican. And what is Rome like back then? Rome was. A wasteland. <laughs> a wasteland. Uh, basically, uh, lots of ruins. Uh, the population didn't. They didn't have uh, such uh, good occupation. Uh, many prostitutes, uh, and of course, uh, the, the the bishops and uh, priests mm. uh, hanging around. <laughs> so the bishop, priests, and prostitutes. Syphilis was a famous disease there. Ah, okay. Very common with uh, religious people. <laughs>
0: i remember this there's this joke from back in the day i remember that i was taught that in my uh, when i studied history that a few uh, bishops were were sitting and they're wondering if the celibacy rule will ever be canceled and one of them says okay so if it won't be canceled in our lifetime it will be canceled in the lifetime of our children (laughs) because the celibacy was you know it, it wasn't really enforced
1: it wasn't a good place, uh, the air was bad, the the sanitation was bad, uh, aqueducts were polluted. It was a place to rebuild, especially when still the Pope has a country of his own, right? Uh, he ruled about one million people around this time. Mm. And we're talking about a specific Pope, you want to talk about a specific Pope? So I want to take us to Pope Julius II. Uh-huh. He was the warrior pope. He had, you know, fists and he was interested in art. He was interested in conquering cities. Uh, he had many enemies and he had many bloody campaigns. Um, whether it's whether they were defensive or offensive, he had, he had many, many issues in his, uh, in, in his time. He's also one of the biggest influence on the revival of Rome in that era. Mm, okay. He wanted uh, to bring the most magnificent artists to rebuild the wall, the architects, the the painters. Painters back then weren't considered artists as we think of today. They were craftsmen. Very much because of Michelangelo, we have this image of the divine artist. Mm. So this is the the Italian Renaissance, violent place, Um, but Rome is becoming some kind of a Hollywood for artists because everybody wants the commissions. Everybody wants to work the best ceiling. Everybody wants the patron. Everybody wants... Uh, that. It wasn't uh, Rome that we know uh, in the Baroque, which were, was really amazing. This was still a rebuilding of okay. ancient Rome. In many ways, this uh, Pope saw himself as a Caesar. He also didn't shave his beard. Oh, okay. This was common... Uh, um, I think it was Julius Caesar. He didn't shave his beard until the, he revenged the death of his soldiers. This is... Against Christianity, yeah. for a pope to grow a beard. It's against the, the scripture. They, they have rules for that, okay. you know? <laughs> I'm the pope, I set the rules. He met his rival, his, his mirror in Michelangelo. Michelangelo was also terrible in character.
0: <laughs> he was a terrible person?
1: Not terrible in a bad way. Terrible I means severe, uh, serious. You don't uh, laugh with me. You don't talk with me. I'm not, it's not sociable. Uh, he was the only one to stand mm. f- against the Pope. And uh, there are many, many stories. Uh, that he, First of all, he ran away from him after he invited him to Rome. The Pope, okay, he wanted to build, uh, to build a better Rome to invite all the people. Michelangelo already had the name of uh, an amazing sculpture. He had uh, David, mm. the giant statue in uh, Florence. He had uh, Pietà already in St. Peter. Which one? Pietà. You That's see Mary and Je- holding Jesus. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing statue. Mm. It's inside St. Peter? Yes. It's in the uh, I don't remember French, uh,
0: French chapel of St. Saint, Saint Peter. After all conversations, I want to go back uh, again.
1: Oh, after the conversation, you will book a ticket to it for sure. <laughs> this is my purpose for coming here. <laughs> I've been there three times in the Sistine Chapel, and uh, I just wait for the next time.
0: I've been once. Been once. And I've been another time outside the, the like inside said, Peter's square and walking around.
1: I can give you some tips in the, after the episode about what to do next time. You will. Uh, which is al- also because of Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to break the neck.
0: <clears throat> okay. So, so he was um, invited uh, to sculpt for the Pope. The Pope wanted a tomb. A tomb. It's a very,
1: again, a famous convention for popes to have a big decorative tomb. And Michelangelo was a sculptor. That's what he wanted to do. Mm. Nothing else. He surely didn't want to paint. So he, <laughs> he was invited. Uh, for, uh, he got lots of money for the project. Uh, you told me it was a 50-year uh, project, the tomb. He designed the tomb with more than 40 figures. 40 figures. More than that, okay. slaves and Moses and everybody. It was uh, supposed to be a monumental work, maybe the biggest sculpture in uh, after ancient times, or, uh, or even more. It was supposed to be a work that will take him a lifetime. Hmm. Somewhere in the middle of it, the Pope wanted uh, to do different things with his money. <laughs> Michelangelo was already in Caracas. Uh, Caracas Caraca is the place where you get the best marble in Italy. Until today. Oh, okay. Until today. Okay. If your kitchen is from Caracas, you are well. Okay. You're well off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He went there, spent many, many, more than two years, I think, searching okay. for the best stones to carve. Just to take those huge stones to Rome was... Uh,
0: okay. So the journey
1: with the stones. With the ship and, and so many uh, failures in the way. and It's crazy. Of course, he didn't do it by himself. It was a, a production, a huge production for these times. Of course, the money was... From the Pope, it wasn't the, the problem. But when he came to Rome and started to work on it, the Pope canceled everything. <laughs> Michelangelo is sure there was a conspiracy. A conspiracy? Yes. He was, sure, he was even sure that somebody was trying to kill him. Oh. He was writing to his uh, friends in uh, Florence, maybe it, will, uh, maybe it will be my tomb, you know, something like ah. that. Ah. Until the end of his life, he, he said this was the, the strategy of the tomb. The, the fact that it was canceled.
0: I guess so. What was the purpose of this uh, conspiracy against him in his mind?
1: There was an architect called uh, Bramante. Bramante. Many others uh, uh, contributed, but uh, he was supposed to uh, be the architect of uh, St. Peter. Okay. So he needed the money. Uh... He didn't want the Pope to give all the money to Michelangelo. Okay. So Michelangelo was sure that uh, okay. something is cooking. Okay. Yeah. And of Makes course. St. Peter uh, took many uh, all all of the money that that Mm -hmm. could take Uh, it wasn't it wasn't completed even 200 years after (laughs) in Italy there's a famous saying that when you say uh, when they build St. Peter it's like saying a never never
0: ending task Yeah, like in Hebrew after Shabbat (laughs) something like (laughs) that when will something happen after Shabbat which Shabbat that's what I always (laughs) wanted to know never found out (laughs) so yeah
1: that was the famous uh, uh, famous Mm -hmm. project of St. Peter Eventually, all of the best artists of Italy took part of it. Even Michelangelo, Raphael, everybody had a part of building
0: St. Peter. That's amazing yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. It's, uh... So, okay, so how do you get from there to the Sistine Chapel, to him becoming a painter? So Michelangelo was
1: sure that somebody was uh, plotting against him in order him to, to see him fail. Mm. Because fresco is such a hard technique. And not only that, you have to use foreshortening Foreshortening is when you try uh, to... for Foreshortening. Okay. It's when you try to, to draw something realistic, three-dimensional, on a two-dimensional uh-huh. surface,
0: on a wall. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I read about it. It's like a trompe l'oeil, whatever. That's like I saw the, like a term.
1: Well, and, and then you think of the curvature of the ceiling. So you have to draw bigger hands in order for them to see like a normal hand, right? right? Because this is coming to you when you yeah. see all the, all the characters. It's very hard, oh. very hard. You have to be so experienced. Wow. Michelangelo was sure that somebody's trying to fail him because they were sure that a okay, young. so he got the project to paint, and he thought he was set up to fail. He was positively sure of that. How can you? How can you do that? You have no experience. <laughs> of course, he had a little experience from childhood, but let's leave that. He was. He, he didn't like
0: painting. He didn't want to paint. <laughs> so this is so weird. <laughs> the most famous painting ever was done by a man who didn't like to paint. Didn't appreciate. Painting, and he thought that the project was in order to make him look stupid. <laughs> I think he wasn't wrong. You
1: know, well, uh, what, what happens when you give... He, is a, he, he came to Rome to the league of the best of the best. Mm. And then comes a young boy from Florence. No, no, it was a boy. He was in his 30s. Comes a young talent from Florence, Michelangelo. Ah, okay. And all those big shots, mm. they don't want to see him succeed. Okay. So uh, he was so devastated.
0: <laughs> that he had to do the Sistine Chapel.
1: No, no, no. First of all, he had this huge marble oh, lying um, in, <laughs> in the piazza in Italy.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: What do I do with this big stone? <laughs> he was so angry. He sold everything for the Jews, the ropes, the uh, the local Jews of uh, Roma. He sold it. And then he ran away. Mm. You don't run away from the Pope. Mm. He will come after you. You don't disobey the Pope, especially not an angry one like Judas, right? Mm. Okay. So he's running away. Until he gets to the border of, uh, he he can be killed, he can be killed by by uh, you know soldiers, soldiers, yeah. guards, whatever. Yeah. He's getting to the territory of uh, of uh, Tuscany and he's uh, staying in a motel. <laughs> <laughs> and then come uh, came five people from the Pope with a letter: Michelangelo, you have to come back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to come back. He said, "No, I'm not coming back. Tell the Pope, I'm not coming back. This is why I'm telling you that." Uh. That Julius met a rival in uh, temperament. Uh. Michelangelo uh, was so uh, despaired that he didn't. Uh, I don't care. Yeah, want to kill be, me? You? Yeah. yeah, you can be the pope. I'm not coming back. I'm not certainly not for a painting.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is not my my art. I'm not a painter, and he wow, emphasized wow, it. Wow, he wow, emphasized wow, it to wow. the pope. I'm wow, not a it
0: must have been very hard.
1: And uh, several months ago, the pope. Obviously not happy with the situation, but uh, he had so many other things on his mind. So A few months after that, he has to conquer Bologna.
0: Oh, okay, that's in the north, also, right?
1: Uh, it's very close to uh, Florence. Yes, oh, okay. it's like uh, one and a half, two hours drive in mm. a bus, in a modern bus, <laughs> 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 not uh, not back then. Yeah. Um, and 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 Michelangelo is still running away from the Pope. Not convinced. He's telling all the guards, "You can do whatever. I'm not coming back." Uh, and then. Meantime, the Pope is trying to conquer Bologna, he gets to Bologna. The people of Florence, meantime, are telling uh, Michelangelo, listen, you have to go back. The, the Pope himself sent letters to the officials of uh, Flora, Flora, Florence, right? Bring us back Michelangelo, we are sorry. We know that he's a, uh, he has to be treated gently. He's an artist, he has caprice. You know, uh, we will we will not harm him. We promise you, we will not injure him. We know he's a special soul and this and that. We're trying to you know yeah. uh, smooth talk the because because the, the, the officials of Florence they know that if they angry the Pope's too much, they, mm. he can just start a war or whatever. And then right. somebody is there, some officials is telling Michelangelo, listen, it's been too long. We, we are not going to fight the Pope because of you. <laughs> as <laughs> much as like we love a, you. <laughs> uh,
0: the story of Troy, but uh, instead of a beautiful woman, it's a beautiful artist. that starts oh, a yeah. war.
1: It is. And uh, it was acknowledged. It was, uh, David became a symbol of Florence very fast. Mm. So the Pope comes to Bologna. and then... The Pope comes to Bologna.
0: He, uh, himself
1: he to court. Uh,
0: oh, he Canada? comes for the
1: uh, for uh, military, reasons. For he military want, reasons. He wants Bologna for himself. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then, uh, eventually, Michelangelo comes to Bologna too, and the Pope is saying things like, "You know what? You didn't come to us, and we came to you." <laughs> and uh, some uh, some cardinal were, was angry with uh, Michelangelo. What do you think you are doing, disrespecting the Pope like that? And then the Pope mm-hmm. himself is telling to this cardinal, uh, "Go to hell," you know. Yeah.
0: G- he was in favor of Michelangelo. He uh, <laughs> respected that his attitude.
1: Yeah, so Michelangelo had to de- to uh, you know uh, bow his head. Okay. okay. Well, uh, so what do you have for me? The Pope is saying now that I conquered Bologna, I want a bronze statue. So Michelangelo did this bronze statue. It wasn't. It was also not in his art. Bronze is mm. not marble. And let's leave that aside. Several years. Then this statue was melted to build a cannon. <laughs> Later on.
0: <laughs> Oh no, okay
1: But now when the Pope and Michelangelo were back to uh, uh, working terms Uh So the work
0: on the Sistine Chapel began Okay. 1508 Okay, this is a great story, I love it So how uh, how did the work on the Sistine Chapel began And then we'll slowly work ourselves to the Genesis scenes
1: The Sistine Chapel itself was rebuilt around 1477 Mm -hmm. It's built according to the measures of King Solomon's uh, temple, mm. and it's built also like a fort. There are places to uh, for uh, shooting arrows on the roof. There are places to, uh, you know, drop uh, hot oil. Uh. It was uh, the private chapel of the Pope. It wasn't open for the public. Mm. It wasn't supposed to be exhibited uh, mm. in any way. So the Pope uh, wanted the Jesus and the messengers on the ceiling. Mm. And maybe some geometric uh, decoration Okay. And then Michelangelo was like This is a poor idea (laughs) This is is boring This is not my interest I don't want to draw I don't want to draw a pierced man You Mm. know, statues uh, Saints, this and that This is also one explanation Why does he choose to depict Genesis story? It's full of Revenge and anger and action Mm. It's not just a saint holding a cross
0: Or This is one explanation because so much of medieval art was constrained to a certain image of Christ and his mother and it was less explorative, exploratory, whatever. It wasn't as exploring the different options that you could do in art.
1: It's, it's well thought of that Michelangelo did what he wanted, which is very not likely. You know, you had the official theologian of the Vatican, mm-hmm. you cannot do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But uh, somebody probably had, gave him the permission... Uh, to deal mm. with this story, even though Michelangelo himself was saying, he was writing to, again in his letters back home, you know, the, the Pope was too busy with his, his affairs, mm. and uh, okay, you don't want to do the apostles, do whatever
0: you want. So why did you choose Genesis, you think?
1: Well, this is uh, one explanation, because it's more close to the the subject that interests him. Which was? Sculpture. <laughs>
0: Sculpture. How?
1: He wanted uh, The physicality Moving bodies Moving mm. figures He wanted He uh, mm. it was also He was also Very close to the ideas Of uh, a Prophecy Okay When he was younger In Florence And that's important to understand There was uh, Savon- Savonarola Ah Savonarola yes.
0: Savonarola I like him
1: Savonarola See himself as a modern Jeremiah Ah Okay. Even Michelangelo sees himself a little bit like Jeremiah, your uh, special yeah. friend. <laughs> and uh,
0: Jeremiah also had a very harsh temperament. It's exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And that's also how he's depicted uh, yeah. in, the, in the ceiling. Nice. So uh, Savonarola was uh, a doomed prophecy. prophecy. You know, uh, everybody bring your books and paintings and jewelry. The end is near. Burn them in the, in the, in the square of the city because, you mm. know,
0: God is angry with us. It was also like a man of the people against the elite.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay.
0: Against uh, Medici. Against Medici. And you told me today that where did uh, Michelangelo get his education? Michelangelo was
1: uh, adopted uh, somewhat by uh, Med- Lorenzo de' Medici, the most magnificent art supporter of uh, the history of Florence. A family of... Uh, Noblemen, in that generation, noblemen, they started as bankers. So
0: Michelangelo uh, grew up in his house like his, like his son. Amazing. You know? Wow. So lucky. So lucky. Sorry to digress a little bit. Sometimes just it boggles my mind to thinking how much genius we are missing just because it is not given the opportunity. Here we have an honest-to-God genius who was given the best opportunity ever to be educated. So, he was more there. than a patron.
1: He, he 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 let him eat in the same table in dinners. He was exposed to intellectuals, to writers, to sculptures, to artists. Uh, many people that were heavily influenced by Roman ideas, Neoplatonic ideas, Dante, all of the a little you can call it secular back then, but uh, basically in uh, outside of the the Catholic world of right. more uh, humanist Oh, the, the best humanists of those times Absolutely. Were hanging around the Medici uh, dinner table You can say that the intellectuals back then Were more interested in things outside the Christian world More the uh, pagan culture, even Judaism mm. Many of them studied mm. Hebrew, mm. even Kabbalah huh. Yeah, a lot of mishmash of Christianity and Judaism together Going on th- these years Interesting um, Philosophical ideas from Plato, from Aristotle this is the atmosphere around uh, which Michelangelo grew up, basically,
0: in his uh, teen teenage days. It's like there's more like men now have more agency. We can do things. It also works. It also works with uh, the later uh, warrior pope who was a who was a doer.
1: Yeah, 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 and
0: a lot of doing. In yeah, that it time.
1: was. A, it's complicated to talk about uh, the the pope himself and the humanism, but he was a great supporter of the arts. So of course it's relevant. He wasn't he wasn't a you know a strict dogmatic uh, religious figure. Right. right. I I like to see the the this specific pope more of a a country leader, a Caesar. Mm. And I think he would agree in many ways.
0: Okay.
1: You know, we today think of the of uh, the papacy as a purely religious uh, institution. Back then, they had many worries of territory, of the managing the city. It was very different from today. So this was the atmosphere in which uh, Michelangelo grew up in.
0: Let's let's go over the scenes.
1: First, we have... Uh, this is also chronologically interesting. Okay. It was painting in, in two major parts, because you had to move the scaffold from one part after you finish it. Okay to the other one
0: and he was lying on his back the whole time
1: no no, no? that is actually a common uh, mistake okay he built geniusly built uh, scaffold that were curved okay look uh, the ceiling is very high you cannot build it from below okay also when it was painted the, the, the chapel wasn't closed it was, there <laughs> was still ceremonies down ah. <laughs> the Pope wanted to see how it looks like and Michelangelo mm-hmm. was throwing ah. uh, you know mm-hmm. wood on him <laughs> and then he escaped again he came back never mind that's another story <laughs> but the Pope and Michelangelo are still fighting okay. so um, and it was it was covered by huge uh, uh, cloth Cloth. Okay. Uh, yeah and just, you know uh, so nobody was supposed to see how it looks mm. like but you said okay so why was it curved so, uh, the scaffolding he, c- he could uh, stand up and look with his neck up and uh, paint.
0: Is it better for uh, for your... Uh, you cannot neck? do
1: that. You cannot... D- no, no. <laughs> he c- he killed himself with his neck. He was uh, ri- writing poems about how his ne- He feel his brain uh, heavy and his neck, you know, uh, twisted. And oh, yeah, yeah. Be- it, it is said that years later, when he wanted to read the letter, he had to look up with the, with holding his letter in his uh. hand. He was so used to this. When you go to the Sistine Chapel and you look up, you get tired after maybe three minutes. Uh. This is why it's very smart if you come with a mirror to see, to ah. see the ceiling. <laughs> the pro tip. It's so fascinating, but you cannot look up right. so much. Right. We're not used to that position. Right. right. And he was doing that for four years.
0: Right. And you have to go through the whole thing until you get to the Sistine Chapel. You're already tired. So like the, the the one time that I was there, obviously I didn't spend as much time as I should have.
1: This, uh, it's such a rich museum that maybe maybe it's smart sometimes to go just for that. I don't know. Yeah. It's also packed with people always. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a common mistake. He wasn't lying down. This is a lot. Of, it has a lot to do with uh, Arwin Stone' famous book of Michelangelo, uh, which was not historically correct. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the romantic
0: mm-hmm. ways we like to. Uh, Think about it. You were uh, talking about the sequence. He
1: was starting with the flood, uh, basically. He started with the flood. Yeah, okay. Which is a very complicated scene. Many, many figures there. And he still didn't have enough experience in fresco, uh, you know, to to depict it. Uh, Two years later, when he came down to see what he did, (laughs) and he had to move the scaffold, uh, he saw that it's it's a little too small. Uh, He was taught... Fresco. And unlike what he likes to, to tell about himself, he was taught from early age how to do this.
0: And fresco is, is painting on walls and ceilings, right? So this is an interesting fact.
1: Uh, there are two ways of, uh, of uh, approaching fresco. There is a buon fresco and fresco secco. The main difference is this. Uh, a fresco of Michelangelo style is that you're, you're not painting on the wall. You're building the outer layer of the wall in colors this is the most difficult technique of painting mm.
0: nice because
1: okay. it takes time to dry you can only paint in a in a window of 8 hours wow and it's la- laborious it's uh, you have to work your muscles everything it has right. to dry fast mm. and it's there's also lots of chemicals involved it's really it's not easy it's not oil paint if you do a mistake you have to break the wall and start over, which happened a lot in the Sistine Chapel. Okay, okay. The other way is just painting on the wall, and those frescoes do not survive, or they get black very fast. Mm -hmm. And until today, we have many, many lost artworks because of that.
0: In this part of the recording, for some reason, there was a minor technical malfunction with the dance microphone, so you might hear a very low recurring buzz underneath, but once you listen 20, 30 seconds in, you just don't hear it anymore, and it's fine. Enjoy the rest of the conversation.
1: Um, there are also this, the scenes that took the longest to, to paint. Huh. I think the first one was 26 days. Then he discovered there was a mistake in the chemicals, and he had to break everything and start over. Oh, no. Later, he realized it's too small, and then when you see the scenes of God, he's very big. Huh very magnificent and he also painted it faster one of the scenes there of uh, i think it was the creation of the sun and the moon was painted in one day in one day yes for fresco this is not only unusual it's almost unheard of imp- imp- impossible impossible
0: so that's the second one right the the, the sun the moon and the plants
1: um, we, we we are talking from uh, noah so and you are talking from the creation so let's oh, okay. meet in the middle <laughs> 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 uh, so first uh, chronologically first drew Noah okay. and uh, creation of Eve okay. and the uh, exp- expulsion from heaven from uh, heaven right
0: from the garden of Eden
1: yeah the garden of Eden um, in Hebrew
0: it's the same word this is why you said uh, heaven Gan right. Eden is the <laughs> yeah. same it's right, also the garden right. of Eden and heaven
1: um, this is also a very interesting uh, scene because uh, here Michelangelo is implying that the primal sin was a sexual one mm. You can see Eve and Adam there. Uh, very, th- his genital is very close to her face. And uh, y- by the way, the snake there is depicted as a woman. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is v- not not uh, not uh, uncommon in uh, misogyny
0: is not uncommon.
1: <laughs> no, it's also uh, it's also very close to the the scripture of uh, of Christian belief. Mm. But also uh, the the tree, it's not apple, it's figs.
0: Figs. Yeah,
1: some people say this is a hint that Michelangelo knew. New,
0: new Kabbalah figs has the, the something to do with Kabbalah
1: yep one of the explanations is that uh, it's a, it was a fig and not an apple
0: ok yeah. in the we, in we are not yeah. theologians so yeah. in Hebrew a it just says the fruit in right, the text. right.
1: Pri. when you think about it uh, the, the, the word apple was never mentioned right
0: no, no never mentioned Pri. but this is what fruit.
1: but when you you know from the sleeve this is what you think uh, yeah he ate the apple yeah. and this and that and then they are expelled by the angel you can see that adam and eve are
0: immediately older mm, right okay so here I'm, I'm looking at it now the the tree is in the middle and you we, and to the left we see them uh, in the garden of eden and to the right they're exposed and you're right they look older yeah
1: older and even you know uh, eve is looking back to her younger self
0: with yeah. uh, anguish uh, what yeah. have i done and, uh, she, yeah she looks bad <laughs>
1: It's very much, uh, in my opinion, it's similar to Masaccio. Masaccio has a famous uh, expulsion uh, scene. Okay. Uh, beautiful. It was uh, long before Michelangelo, but it's beautiful. It's in uh, Florence. Mm. And this is why, uh, this is also takes us back why Michelangelo was influenced um, from the story of Genesis. He came from Florence, right? Okay. Many of the art there he took to, he, he was breathing it. hmm the, one of the best creations he, the, the best artworks he, he liked was the doors, doors of heaven
0: the doors of heaven
1: yeah it's, uh, it's the door of the Baptistery in Florence and they, they were made by Ghiberti okay those uh, it's uh, bronze doors okay all depicting stories from Genesis. Oh, okay. Michelangelo thought of that as the most yeah. magnificent artwork. This is also one explanation mm. why he used these mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, he
0: grew up there. Okay, I see that. I want to talk. I thought I, I, I don't remember seeing it when I was there, and I don't, didn't even know it existed. There's a scene uh, where the figure of God is uh, holding the ceiling, painting, like, uh, like creating the world or something.
1: Oh, this is a separation of... Uh, ah, this
0: is a separation. And it looks like Michelangelo painting the ceiling because he's looking up, standing and looking up towards the ceiling.
1: Very, very interesting uh, interpretation. <coughs> uh, you know, uh, and uh, it's not... A, I don't uh, want to take credit uh, for it. <laughs> it's not uh, the first time, but yeah, Michelangelo is also creating. God is creating. There's a little similarity in the... Yeah.
0: Later on, Vasari... And Jeremiah also looks a little bit like God. Just, uh, you know, more tormented, but, but but just an old man with a beard.
1: Many people think it's a self-portrait.
0: It's funny that you mentioned
1: that. Jeremiah is a self-portrait. But it's very unlikely because Michelangelo was only 30. In his 30s. Mm. He couldn't look like an old man with a beard like Mm. that. But his severeness is very much like Michelangelo. Also, Mm. another interesting thing. In the middle of uh, one of the times that uh, Michelangelo ran away from the Pope, after he (laughs) he threw some uh, uh, planks on him. Uh It is said that Raphael... The famous artist okay. got access to the to the Sistine Chapel to see his rival's work, oh. and he was so much influenced from it that he took the figure of Jeremiah okay. and added it later on to one of his fresco, the School of Athens. He did it to
0: kind of it's
1: an attribution to, of, to, to Michelangelo.:
0: It's like an homage or is it
1: basically yes, even though they were far from uh, com- complimenting each
0: other, <laughs> but uh, this is the biggest compliment imitation
1: perhaps michelangelo copied from rafael but this is also not not likely because when you think about jeremiah it's later
0: on and th- never mind okay let's talk about jeremiah If for a jeremiah so he looks it looks like an old man with uh, you know sitting down and he's uh, holding his face everybody sad he, lamenting the fall of Jews. he's not he's not the only one uh, he's not the only prophet there that is uh,
1: burdened with the the mission he got
0: mm. Okay, burden with the mission of God. I like that interpretation.
1: All the prophets there, also in the Bible. Yes. Nobody, wants the <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to be this, this guy. Uh, you know, Jonah from Jonah to uh, whatever.
0: Jeremiah also had uh, lived a very hard life.
1: He was also a, a doomed yeah. uh, prophet, right? He was insane, yes. So <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and he wasn't lamenting the fall of Jerusalem. I just want to say he was looking forward <laughs> to the fall of Jerusalem he celebrated the he, got, he,
1: so. he got in love with his prophecy yes. <laughs> yes and he
0: hated Jerusalem also just, just hated it it's in his uh, book I didn't it's not uh, an interpretation
1: it's a fabulous uh, pose he's holding his head yes
0: yes Wow. Yeah, all the, 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 the image of it you know right yeah I'm looking at it now it's incredible you should google it all, uh, all the images as he's it. also
1: one of the few people to wear boots in the ceiling isn't that interesting everybody are uh, naked 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 or barefoot
0: why do I you think?
1: But, but at least there is some some answers that which take us closer to the self-portrait. Michelangelo never took his boots off. Oh, rarely. Okay, okay that's a good explanation. <laughs> his his father always told him never shower yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Okay. Yeah, Michelangelo is famous for a uh, uh, low standard <laughs> of hygiene. <laughs> 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 yeah, even for his time, when people uh, <laughs> were taking a bath one, once a week, he he thought of it unhealthy. And okay. uh, one <laughs> famous story goes that uh, he took off his boots and the skin came off with it, like oh. a snake. When I picture Michelangelo as an old man, I picture Jeremiah, oh. you know, a very severe, okay. unfriendly, oh. <laughs> unsocial uh, being. By the way, below Jeremiah is where the Pope was supposed to
0: sit in uh, in uh, in, sessions. in the, the ceremonies. Do they still do... The voting, of oh, the conclave, conclave of the new
1: Pope yeah is there in yeah. the Sistine Chapel. Of course, every once in a while it's closed for public. Sometimes it's even for sermons. Maybe, I don't know, uh, uh, every few weeks you can
0: go there and now it's closed. I'm sure you watched uh, the movie The Two Popes. Uh, no, I didn't. You didn't watch the movie the Two Popes? <laughs> No, but the Sistine Chapel there is amazing. I, really? You have to watch it. It's a very good movie. A good story, good dialogues, good monologues, good actors. Just a good movie. Okay, and then we'll talk about it later. So okay,
1: conclave so uh, takes part there. Uh, everybody, are, uh, all the cardinals g- g- are locked inside. They build some uh, wooden rooms for them, like d- a dormitory. Mm-hmm. And nobody goes out until uh-huh. they elect a pope, white smoke, black smoke. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. This is the place where it takes place. Nice. That and several ceremonies, which uh, historically weren't open for the public, just for the, ch- the people of you know, the pope and his cardinals. Today it's a museum, so it's o- o- open. Yeah. And we live in a very privileged time to see this work because it wasn't supposed to be public.
0: What other scenes from Genesis do you want to talk about?
1: I like the yin-yang quality of the separation of light and darkness. I really
0: like it. Let me look at it. The yin-yang quality. Okay, I'm looking at it right now.
1: Darkness and
0: light. and you know. Right, it does look... There's, right, there's like a cloud... From the right coming in and on the other side it's uh God is conducting the <laughs>
1: the, the symphony yeah. uh, this is the beginning of creation right later he creates the sun and the moon also to give the idea that uh you know the sun and the moon are both pagan ideas to worship mm. and Michelangelo is saying no this is God creating them this is nothing uh it's it's also he' So yeah. this is interesting that the uh, the Catholic uh, religion takes uh, takes credit for uh, <laughs> for different cultures. You know, you can see <laughs> in the Sistine Chapel, Sibyls, which are, you know, uh, prophets from uh, mythologies. Uh, oh. The Libyan Sibyl, the Delphi, whatever. Ah, that's what it is, okay. It's like oracles and stuff? Oracles that were basically predicting the coming of Jesus, and oh. the prophets as well. That's the reason they're there. Uh, it's not about... The Old Testament just itself. It's about predicting the coming of Jesus. That's the Catholic explanation. That's uh, Michelangelo's art.
0: This is this is what uh, religions have been doing all these times. So, no, it's not that God that created this. It's actually our God that is above that God. And when they win, this is a story that is, you know, throughout Babylonian religion, Mesopotamian religion, Egyptian religion, even, you know, Hebrewism, Judaism... You had all kinds of gods, and then uh, no Yahweh.
1: This is the the other part. You can see him after creating the sun and the moon. He's then turning his back. You can see his back. You can also see his buttocks, which is
0: interesting. Right, I'm looking at God's buttocks right now. I didn't know that was there. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting, isn't it? Wow. Okay. This is. I'm. It's very. This is for your. This is for your next uh, series. uh, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that you that we didn't get to?
1: Oh, and just maybe the the figure of uh, uh, Jonah. Okay. This is the the highlight of the ceiling. It's the end of the project four years mm. and uh all of the foreshortening there is
0: to the to perfection. This is right, Michelangelo because he's lying because Jonah. I'm looking at it now. He's like lying reclining, so everything has to. Well, okay. Just think about how difficult it is wow. to draw it. Wow! 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 wow. And uh,
1: when he, when the ceiling was exposed, all of the artists, all of the people, were so amazed. And the Pope came to Michelangelo and told him, "You know, the famous client and artist. Uh-huh. Why didn't you add some gold there?" <laughs> And Michelangelo is already used to those kind of patrons. Uh, when he was in Florence, somebody told him, fix the David's nose. And Michelangelo <laughs> took some dust and he did this. He just blew some dust, not touching the statue. And then the patron was like, ah, now it's good. Ah, because he uh, saw <laughs> that he chiseled something? He, he uh, saw the dust uh, 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 coming uh, down and he thought, ah, yeah, he did what I <laughs> <just> <laughs>
0: This is still Michelangelo is too
1: smart for those people. Uh, to. You, you cannot tell me what to do with my art. I already know, you know. So the Pope is saying, why there is no gold? It's a poor thing that they don't have gold. And then Michelangelo looks at him and, you know, those people were poor. <laughs> Very poor. And uh, if you want to sum it up, after four years, breaking his body over this project, a project that he didn't like, he said only one thing when he wrote home. I'm done with it, <laughs> I'm done with the project, it is finished. He, was just, he just created the most magnificent piece of history and all he has to say is, I'm finished. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Um, yeah.
0: Did he like it?
1: Mm, all of the things we know about Michelangelo, most of them come from his two biographers. One of them is Giorgio Vasari, one of the people that are responsible for all we know about art history. He liked, they li- he, Vasari likes to depict Michelangelo as a divine and a- angel that came from God to teach us what beauty is. Wow. And this is a story that Michelangelo approved. <laughs> he also he, he destroyed his sketches. He, he he denounced the fact that he studied uh, as a kid with uh, a Florentine artist. He wanted to present it as if it's a gift from God. And um, Ah, okay. This is a, a lot of the image we have about Michelangelo today. It's it's because of those biographers.
0: What was the legacy of the Sistine Chapel? Not till today, but in his lifetime, did it change oh, art okay. like towards more Old Testament and. and it was and a mecca stuff?
1: for artists. In his lifetime, Raphael came there and basically stole several of his uh, prophets. Now Raphael, the gentle prince, drawing uh, delicate uh, portraits of women. He's painting severe biblical prophets and it's not unlikely, it was not likely to him. Um, strong male figures and yeah. the, the influence is huge. Uh, it was a place for artists to come to study art from the best example possible until today. Um, I mean, and also for centuries later on, it is the, the, the you know, uh, most famous art historians of the British uh, uh, I, I forgot the name of the university, but okay. he told himself that the, the, the only regret I have in life is not being in the uh, time of Michelangelo and studied like a student from him or uh, mm. just being a fly on the wall when he worked. And mm. Maybe he did have the, this divine spark in him. <laughs> Probably he did. He's a true genius.
0: Nice. This is a great place to end. Thank you, Dan. That was awesome. Whew. Did you have a good time? Yes. Yes, I told you it would be fun. Of course. I told you it would be fun. So this is the topic
1: I'm passionate about. You must go to Italy. You must go <laughs> to the Vatican. Take a mirror with you, because then you can watch it. Uh, but does it feel the same when you look through a mirror? Oh, it's weird. It's more weird and it's more real. When you look through a mirror, it looks like they are flying to you. When you look through the mirror, it's like a 3D uh, picture. When you look to the ceiling, it's a painting. Uh, it's amazing it's, the mirror actually has a very good effe- interesting effect on that you can you can actually feel the 3D quality of the figures coming to you uh, go to Italy have an espresso <laughs> have a pasta go to the Vatican go to the museum
0: once you know the story behind the creation whatever that creation is then you become emotionally involved with that oh, and it just course. like you can appreciate it
1: more it's also an amazing time where the best of the best of the artists all contributed to the same place, St. Peter. Uh, you know, Michelangelo built the, the dome of St. Peter. Ah, uh, he built the dome. Yes, uh, Raphael was in charge of several of the, the you know, taking care of the, uh, the walls, yeah. and in the Sistine Chapel, all of the big artists of the generation before Michelangelo were painting on the, the walls, scenes from Moses and uh, Jesus.
0: I have to go back.
1: So much talent, historical talent, in such a small. Area of history in the
0: same place, and you know this is also true for the people who wrote the Bible. So much talent in one specific, in one specific place by, by people that you know didn't impress in any other facet other than the stories that they wrote. And it's I find it inconceivable how many good stories you have in this one book that you know written over you know short span what, of
1: time. Uh, when I was uh, when I got here, this is what I was thinking uh, on the way. Why am I interested in this specific era? So, yeah, all of the best art, all of the best, uh, the, you know, the, the, the scholarly, the intelligent, the historical figures. The, those are huge characters. It's like a mythology of art.
0: <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's like a comic book. <laughs> yeah, the Avengers, cool. I would think the Avengers, like all the greatest heroes, all the greatest heroes assemble. <laughs> Which is,
1: by the way, influenced very much from um, Michelangelo's god, the, the, the cape and everything. Huge influence on on on, uh, the Marvel comics, Marvel, Marvel, really, Uh yeah, yeah. the Cape thing—it's—it's—it's a superhero you're looking at. (laughs) So it's all packed in this small
0: place, small time, and this is what. So thank you everybody for listening. Exodus is in the works; it will probably come out at the beginning of May. So check back in a couple of weeks and see if it's out yet, or better. Follow so you get a notification on uh, on the podcasting app that you're using. I'm Gil Kidron. Bye! Thank you for listening. See you soon.